Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you've had a great week. It's been warm, hasn't it? Oh, I went to the garden this week, and there is a tomato overgrowth. Anyways, I've chopped them down a bit so we can get some some plants that are actually bringing some some fruit and the growing season has come upon us and I think that's kind of timely we've waited for a bit and now we're seeing we've got some stuff growing and I think that's kind of reflecting on our spiritual lives as well are you growing are you do you feel like you're growing or do you feel like you're just still trying to find the comfort that you need anyways greetings to everybody uh those of you who are watching online thank you again for taking the time to watch online I really pray that this has been good for you so far. Uh, those of you who are in house churches, uh, again, I'm glad you're making the time to come and join everybody else and, and meet and fellowship and have the time to discuss the message and really challenge your growth. Summer is halfway over. Can you believe that? For those of you who are parents looking forward to sending the kids back to school, How's that going to look, you know? And, and I know that some parents are still looking at the homeschooling options, but here's the thing, whatever is happening, we are definitely navigating through 2020. I keep looking back at what happened when we had our, our 21 day Daniel fast and prayer back in January. And that was so productive. It was so good. It was, it felt like we were really on the brink of something. And who knew, who knew that now we're coming into August the 2nd, and things have kind of been turned upside down. But God knew. That's the thing I, I really got to go back to is God knew this was going to happen. Yes, we stay hopeful. And it really reflects on what kind of prayers were we praying back then? What kind of prayers are we praying now? Because God is still in control. And so you've got to remember that nothing came as a surprise. This has not been a surprise. What's going to happen in the next three to six months is not going to be a surprise to God. So hang tough. And keep putting your hope in God. Keep putting your trust in Christ that he knows. He knows what we need at this time. And a lot of us just need a reassurance that God is in control. So if you love reading the Bible, then, you know, most of it contains real life stories that happened in history. So that we can learn the practical principles that we can apply to our lives today. The characters were ordinary human beings like you and I. And God selected to show his, his incredible power and his love and our need for a savior. Now, let me mention one name for you and, and see what it brings, what kind of thoughts it, it brings for you or what do you think of it? Uh, the name Peter, right? You know him from the, the person in the Bible who walked with Jesus and he was one of the disciples. He was a fisherman. He was one of the three that were closest to Christ during his ministry. The one who always had a tendency to stick his foot in his mouth to speak, right? Um, he walked on water. He sank on water. He professed never to leave Christ. And then a few days later, what happens? He denies him publicly three times, right? So he's also this guy that, that, that preached this incredible sermon one day and 3,000 people accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Very matter-of-fact person, very black and white. Some of you probably even identify with that. Well, did you know that he went on to write two letters in the New Testament called First and Second Peter? They're written about 30 years after Christ had ascended into heaven. So he wrote these letters after he's had a bit of living now. Um, again, living without Christ being at his side, but a, a time to exercise his faith and no more mentorship from Jesus physically. So he's gotten more mature and he finally has something to say. So I want to look at a portion of the first letter that he wrote. 
because it gives us insight into the practical living situation that we're in and especially during this period of isolation and it also you know gives us a great deal of encouragement for for those of us who are going through this craziness during this time who just feel like we need something secure we need some kind of encouragement to get us through so at the time of his writing the government was doing everything in their power to prevent christians from sharing their faith and even gathering and professing jesus christ so i'm reading from first peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 2 and he starts off this letter is from peter an apostle of jesus christ i'm writing to god's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of pontus galatia cappadocia asia and bithynia god the father knew you and chose you long ago and his spirit has made you holy as a result you've obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of jesus christ may god give you more and more grace and peace so he opens this letter and he starts up with saying he's an apostle of jesus christ so it's clear we know who wrote the letter we know but here's the thing he's not writing to a church he's writing to a groups of people who have been scattered, who are meeting underground or in house churches throughout the area now that we know as Turkey. And because of the political state back then, it was very dangerous for them to, to meet in public. The government back then was, was literally kill, killing Christians and looking for them and, and persecuting them. So Jesus' followers weren't allowed to meet in a nice sanctuary or in a, in a church building. So they met wherever they can. So this letter basically got passed around from one house church, from one gathering to another, until it made its way all around Asia. And he calls his people that he's writing to as aliens, foreigners, exiles, pilgrims. And those are the words that are used from a few different translations that he's referring to. They're not really foreigners when you think about it, but they're like, they're living like they're foreigners because they're being persecuted for standing up for what they believe. In North America, think about this. We haven't really seen persecution like that. We also haven't gone through what we're going through right now with COVID. We're not exiles, but we all can feel that same pressure and stress on our church and family. So we can relate to what he's going to be writing here. Technically, as believers, can I remind you, we are exiles. We know that this is our temporary home, what we call earth. We're called to be ambassadors of heaven, citizens of heaven. Our residence is not here on earth and heaven waits for us. So it's foolish for me to think that I'm giving my life over to Jesus Christ so I can live a wonderful earthly experience and then I'm gone. There's gotta be more to that. And this is what Peter's gonna get to. As much as we don't like what's happening during this period of isolation, you know God's allowing this in order for us to stay focused on our real home. We have a different kingdom with a different set of values, different priorities, different beliefs, and our hearts follow a different authority. Christians are supposed to seem strange to the world around them. How could you not? You're living with a whole set of values that come from God above, the belief system. He's a different authority. If you recognize that your life isn't looking much different than what you're seeing around you, maybe your life is more similar to the world than it is to God's word. Remember last week I said we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We're sent into the world, but we're not a part of this world. The mentality, the mindset, the beliefs, the kingdom, all under the rulership of demonic evil forces. So Peter goes on to say in verse 2, God the Father chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result of your obedience, you chose to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Those are encouraging words to us today, as it was to them. So I want you to embrace it. You're part of this incredible family of God. 
Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ included. What more could anyone long for when they're part of this heavenly family? Yes, you and I, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we're included. See, we tend to compare this heavenly family to our own earthly family. Wow, what did my earthly family ever done for me? Right? They've done nothing. So what would God do? What would Jesus do for me? What would the Holy Spirit do for me? We can't be doing that. It's different. We, we, set, we, we totally live a, set, a separate, different set of values and beliefs. And as part of being exiles living among the world, we have seen the sovereign God as our Father, our authority, our protector, the Holy Spirit guiding us through these last few months, and Jesus Christ offers us salvation every day for those who don't know him. And he finishes by saying, may God give you more grace and peace to live as an exile. Boy, we need that today. We need more grace and peace to do the things that we just need to do to stay focused and continue to live for Christ. And then he goes to verse 3 and he expands it and he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. See, a lot of people view God waiting and sitting up in heaven in his throne, ready to pounce the minute we get out of line or we do something bad. And because of that, then Jesus has to stand in the way of his father's judgment and plead for us. But that's not what Peter's saying here. He's clearly saying that it's out of God's mercy, not his judgment, that we've been offered salvation. And that not even Jesus has to throw himself in front of his father to plead on our behalf. It's all God's plan. All God's plan out of love to offer us his salvation. So God came to us as his son Jesus because he knew that we could not do anything on our own to make it to him. So Christ lived and died a life that we were condemned to deserve. Jesus didn't only die for us. He died instead of us, right? We have to keep remembering that, especially through this time. Now we get to this hope that he's talking about in verses 4 to 5. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So let's go back and let's take this apart. He says, we have a priceless inheritance. Think of everything you're doing now. Think of everything that you've acquired so far. Is it priceless? It could be in terms of what it's worth here on the earth, but it's going to decay, right? But it says here, our inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It's waiting. This is the hope that we have. It is waiting for us, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And we already saw what the middle of March brought in. A lot of change, a lot of decay, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear. But this hope that we have in Christ it's beyond that reach of decay and change. And so then he says, and through your faith, see, we can only access it through faith, right? God is protecting you by his power. All this time that we've been in this isolation, it's had to been an act of faith for us to believe that God is protecting us, to believe that God is continually to uh, take us through this, right? So it says, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, what is that? This is that hope that we're, we've been waiting for and that we're looking for. It's in heaven waiting for us, which is ready to be revealed to you 
on the last day for all to see. Because we live in this world that's black and white, where white is black and, and things up, up is down and down is up. Bad is good, good is bad. People get offended easily. Everyone's fighting for their rights. And it's all going downhill. There's so much negativity about Christianity and you can't even be made public because you try to even open your mouth to share anything about God and you're, you're shut down for trying to say something that will uplift somebody. The world doesn't want to hear it and the number of people who've walked away from their faith continues to increase. But those of us who understand that our hope is not here on earth, hang on, hang on because we continue we continue to, to model what Christianity looks like. It's never perfect for us, but it's something that should point people to Christ, right? So here we are waiting for this glorious future. That is our hope. It's a living hope. It's not a dead end hope. And I want to ask you, what's your hope placed on right now? That the pandemic ends and life as you know it goes back to normal? That a vaccine is produced? That you'll get the job that you've been wanting? You'll get recognition or promotion from the job that you've been doing because there's so many other people that have been laid off. And so you've been the only one who's been there to kind of hold things together. You know, that you've had enough resources saved up so that if this ever happens again, you won't feel the pressure of it. Maybe your hope is that one day you'll be pain free. You know, we know what a trial will do. It will expose where our hope is placed, whether it's in our materials, whether it's in our jobs and our families and our success in our relationships, maybe even in the government. You know, or is it that hope that one day things will just get better? And that's what a lot of people are sustaining themselves on, that one day things will just get better. But here's the thing. It might get better, but it's still a dead end hope. Now, let me ask you this question. What if that one day doesn't come? What if you don't get that job? What if your pain doesn't ever go away? What if the relationship just gets worse? That's why I'm talking about this day, because your hope has to be on something greater than an event that's going to pass, especially in a world that we know is going to end, right? Let me read the next part, okay? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 says, So be truly glad. Here's the encouragement now, he's saying, There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. That's tough. Like he's telling us, like, hang on. There's joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. And, you know, when you look at this, we've been going through this since the middle of March, and it's now August the 2nd. That's a little while compared to how long you've been on Earth already, how long generations have lived. It is a little while, right? So he says in verse 7, These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So think about this. Trials are twofold, right? And he says that. That's what he said here. Number one, it's an opportunity to show us how genuine our faith really is. And isn't that what's happened these last few months? Where has your faith been? Has it really been on Jesus Christ? Has it been on getting together in a building? We're still a church. We may not be, be meeting in a building, but we're still meeting as a church. And we're offering you that opportunity to come meet in person through house church. But if you can't or you don't want to, online is still the option for you. So it's showing us the genuine faith that we have. Has it been genuine or have people just walked away because they've given up? 
some people have some people just don't know what to do and and they've resorted to just well god's not answering my prayer okay now here's the other thing here's this, the second the second thing to that it provides an opportunity for god to refine us and purify our faith yeah that's what trials do it gives god the opportunity to refine us and purify this faith that we have that we find out it's actually genuine right why does he want to purify us? Because he's preparing us for greater trials. He's preparing us for greater trials, which leads to greater victories. Or, on the other hand, bigger downfalls. We don't have to stay at the bottom of those downfalls. We can choose to get up and keep moving. We don't like that because I think a lot of us have, have kind of thought that, you know, we've gone through this now and, and we've gone a few months into it and, and I need to just get comfortable so I can just kind of go through life this way even though this is going to be the new normal we don't like it but here's the thing comfort in isolation is the worst because your faith isn't going to get a chance to grow and it's not going to get a chance to be tested or give the holy spirit an opportunity to intervene if you're just comfortable why would he need to intervene if you're comfortable so we need to remember that there's a reason for all of us going through this this test now, let's go on. First Peter um, chapter 1, verse 8, he says, You love him even though you never seen him. He's talking to a bunch of people who really didn't meet Jesus Christ. All these exiles, all these people that became Christians after Christ died and ascended, he's talking to them. You love him though you never have never seen him, though you did not see him now. You trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Amen. Isn't that what we're here? Isn't that what we ended up having to do? Because really, think about this. We didn't meet Jesus Christ. We don't know him in person. We didn't watch him personally. But because of everything that we've heard, because of all the words that we've read in the Bible, because of testimonies of people who've actually known him and met him, we can believe that that's true. We can believe all the words in the Bible because all that was foretold happened, right? So he's reminding them, so Peter's reminding them that they love Jesus, even though they never knew him like he got to in that personal way when he walked with them for three and a half years. He's really speaking to all of us believers that are left today, right? We weren't there, and Peter's saying, because you can put your trust in someone you have never seen and love him well, salvation is yours. Salvation for them back then was to believe while he was there. For us, it's to believe that everything he did, everything he said, all the testimonies, everything that's been written about him is true. And we put our faith in it. That's all it takes. Those of you who are still watching and kind of still wondering what it takes to, to become a believer in Jesus Christ, there's no magic words. There's no seminary degree required. There's no need for physical proof. Just pure faith based on testimonies from people who encountered Jesus personally and based on the word of God and what it has to say. Reading about it in God's Word brings life to anyone who reads it. I've met so many people who've read the words of the Bible and they're like, wow, there's something about this book that seems like it actually means something, that it actually happened. Try reading it. It, it, brings, it brings life. It brings something about the wonder and the mystery of knowing who God is. Let's keep reading verse 10. He says, This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. 
They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. That part, wow, it's encouraging. When you think about how long this book was, this letter was written, right? The prophets of old knew about this coming salvation. They knew it'd be for the future residents or the exiles of believers. That's us. To the point where the angels themselves are jealous of what we get to experience. You might be thinking, yeah, well, at least an angel doesn't have to experience these hardships and trials and COVID. But in reality, our hardship gets us closer to Christ, gets us closer to knowing him and gets us closer to being Christ-like. That's the reason. This is why I call it a living hope. This isolation, it should bring about us to, to, to look for this hope. It should cause us to want more than just comfortability to walk through daily this pandemic. It should want us more. It should, it, it should causing us a desire to go after something greater and deeper, which is that living hope of knowing that one day our home is not going to be here. One day our home is with Jesus Christ forever. I hope you're encouraged by that because we've got to find something encouraging during this time. All the words that you're watching on the news, everything that's being said, it's still very much confusing. But when you read this letter from Peter, that fisherman guy, it's pretty encouraging when he's telling us now, as exiles, you have this living hope. You get to know who Jesus Christ is. You get to walk with him. You get to be closer. You get to understand why the salvation was so important for each and one of us. I pray that you would just continue to trust God. I pray that you would just continue to, to look and recognize that God is on our side. I know it's been tough. I know a lot of people that are struggling emotionally and trying to figure out what, what their next move is. We just take it a day at a time. Why? Because that hope is secured in heaven for us. It's not something that's going to decay here on earth. It's not something that's going to go with the next pandemic. It's something that's waiting for us. And I'm encouraged by that. I hope you are too. Let me pray for you and then we'll will release you for the day. God, God, I just pray right now for every person who's watching. Would you grant them the peace, as First Peter says in this letter, more grace and peace to you. Lord, we need it. We need it to go through what we're going through, but we also need to remember that we've been saved. We have been saved from all of this, that in the end, we will get to see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll get to see Holy Spirit and God the Father. Lord, we will understand why all this trial and suffering happened to us, to perfect us, to purify us, to cleanse us, that we would stay focused no matter what pandemic came upon us. So, Father, I pray for those who are still wandering around in their uneasiness, in their struggles, in their lack of peace, that they would turn to you, that they would know that Jesus Christ already paid the price. They don't need to do anything but accept you, Lord Jesus, as Savior the one who paid for our price for being sinful man. And I pray that peace would come upon them. I pray for everybody else who's struggling. I pray for those who need a touch from your hand physically. Would you do that, Lord? Would you let them know that you care and love them deep enough to want to do this for them? I ask for grace and peace upon every listener right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed that. We will talk to you soon. Have a great day.
Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.